Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Well, John, obviously it's a journey through the through the Patriot, uh, you know, pros and cons along the way. Uh, you want to see growth. What growth are you seeing? I'm seeing a, a growth in learning how to win. Uh, quite frankly, yeah. the the league season um, throughout the country right now, all teams are kind of experiencing the same. Some are having more success at the top of the league. Some are battling in the middle, and some are maybe on the wrong side of the of the ball um, more often than they like to be. And, and we're in the same world of just trying to learn how to win. I mean, we have a, a you know I try to to help our our team and and allow them grace in saying that our starting we had three starters game two of the Patriot League uh, non I mean in Patriot League season here we played uh, our second game was against American and I just giving them again just something perspective something to hang on to because we lost the game and it was a good competitive battle we just didn't make enough shots and get enough stops and three of the starters didn't play in the second game of the Patriot League right. season last year. So uh, they're gaining invaluable experience in all these close games. And they're, the games that we've lost are, you know, within five possessions where sure. the ball doesn't bounce away. We, didn't do, we don't do what we need to do uh, to give ourselves a chance to win. And that's just experience that is only really gained through being in these uh, opportunities. Yeah, I mean, that includes the tough overtime game against Lafayette, but you've been splitting weeks. You've been splitting yeah. weeks, so it's not like you're you're not leaving a week empty uh, along the way. No, we're doing it the uh, non-traditional yeah. way. When we're losing yeah. our own games, win our road games. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. You I know, mean, everybody has their own it formula. Shows the... <laughs> What's that? I'm sorry, Steve. I said everybody has their own formula, John. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh, but that yeah, but, but that's the crazy part about now you had back to back road games and this time you got a split out of that which which was a big plus. Uh, would it be safe for me to say you could and please correct me that look at this stage you have a, a small margin for error. Is that safe? Yeah, to an extent. Uh, to an extent. I mean, I think right now. Um, and, you know, I hate to be cliche here, but at this point in the year, any team has a small margin of error. The Patriot League has a has a lot of parity, a lot of uh, similar built teams. Um, yeah. The scores are close. It's coming down to five possessions or less across the board. And, um, you know, I think that we are, are gaining invaluable experience in certain positions. As one player, for example, is Noah Williamson, who's coming off a, a big double-double. Yeah at Lafayette um, and he's growing each and every day so we do have a small margin of error but as does everybody and, um, and our margin of errors have changed from really turnovers which we're not fortunately for us we're not turning it over as much to now defensive lapses because uh, we're in position to win games in the last five minutes and uh, those are the most critical moments we always when we talk about close games we always talk about the end of the game. It's yeah. it's a it's a cliche. My business is just awful at cliches. There's there's not very many big picture people out there. Uh, how important is it for them to understand that they can put themselves in a great position 
because you can put somebody away in the first half of a game. Yeah, I mean, that's the teaching tool, uh, to, to your point right there. You know, for me, for, for my staff, after losing an overtime game, that came down to um, the last possession or two, uh, you know, a three-pointer that was missed and a foul was called. It's very easy to point to that moment and say that's the reason we lost. But to your point, we come back this morning with the mindset of teaching. We have to learn yeah. from the from the entirety of the game. There was many times throughout the course of our game um, on Saturday, but we had a 14-point lead. We could have taken it to 16 or 18. Right. And transition defense, offensive rebound, or just a poor possession on offense that didn't allow the defense to have to work, you know, to get a stop. Um, and, and those possessions need to hold the same value uh, for for a good team as that last possession. How do you feel about the rotation right now, the number of minutes you're getting off the bench to then add in with the guys you have there playing the bulk of the minutes? Yeah, I mean, um, I feel feel good. I'm comfortable with the, with the rotation as it's set right now. Uh, we, we have some injuries, so that's forcing yeah. some of our, our starters to play larger minutes. Um, and these injuries are a couple weeks away from getting back on the court. Um, and so that's just kind of is what it is, the next man up type of mentality in our locker room where everyone's got to be ready to play. And uh, I trust everyone, as does our staff, and trusting trust in these these guys that uh, they're going to put forth the effort required uh, to be in the game. Now here's the tough one. How important is it when things aren't quite going right offensively that the players still understand the impact they can have defensively because you and I both know with youth, offense affects defense at times. Yeah, no doubt. I think we're actually – I think we uh, got past that idea actually throughout the course of the non-conference schedule, maybe towards the end because we didn't win the last three games of our non-conference, and it was not because of our offense. It was because of our defense. They were, they were ugly basketball games. So uh, the message in-house is if we have to win the game 2 nothing, we win the game 2 nothing. It's not aesthetically pleasing, and it's not going to draw a sellout. But at the end of the day, you play the games to win them, and I think our group right now is learning that you're not going to make every shot. And that shouldn't be the determining factor as to winning or losing. It certainly does help, for yeah. sure. Yes. It certainly helps. But the mentality cannot hang on a make versus a miss on the offensive side of things. I mean, obviously, you've had a couple of guys out that hasn't helped. Um, what do you need to do now in terms of taking better care of the basketball? Right and and thus you know and not lose that turnover battle, which can take away possessions. Yeah, I mean the the main thing really is 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 trusting kind of the middle part of our shot clock, Steve. It, it's yeah. it's kind of unusual uh, to talk about it like this, but you know, there's the first ten seconds of the shot clock. It usually, is the the most movement as it relates to either transition, finding an advantage because of pace of play. Then right. the gym kind of settles, and you're going to have to make. Uh, decisions based on your habits and you're going to have to trust those decisions and movement patterns so we're at a stage right now where 
we have to move the ball from one side of the floor to the other to get the defense to shift to then attack. And there are times throughout the course of it really only shows its face in the last 10 minutes of games right now where the ball tends to stick on one side of the floor. Yeah, The defense then in turn doesn't move and is ready for any action that comes their way. And it just makes the decisions that much tougher and um, you have to be that much more exact. So we just had to keep moving the ball, utilizing the fact that we have centers that can really move the ball from one side of the floor, which is an advantage for us, and uh, and play with an advantage as opposed to play with the gym that is just at a standstill. Well, and that's it. I'll, I'll use a football analogy here. When you're talking about the middle part of the shot clock, that's that's equivalent to me of being good on on second down where you're yeah. staying away from third down because you're good on second down or you're setting up third and short because you were good on second down. That middle part of the shot clock can set all sorts of good things in motion if you handle it right. That's completely accurate. And you know, if you if we can get a third and short as opposed to third and long, yes. then you're in a much better, you know, over t- look, it's not going to be perfect, but throughout the course of a 40-minute game, the more that you're inching towards that first down at the end of a second down as opposed to, you know, having to throw a third and 12, then you're in a better spot. I mean, look, and I, it's a great analogy because it's very unlikely that you're on first down having a, a ridiculously high completion rate. Same right. for basketball. I mean, yeah, there are yep. teams that play very fast. Yep. They play very fast. They stick to that style. It's a hurry-up. In keeping with the football analogy, it's a hurry-up brand of football. You just mm-hmm. never huddle. Uh, right. But, you know, there's another side to that where you can wear yourself out and give too many possessions to the opponent. So we just have to get better on second and third down, and, and we're improving in that in that cat, in those in those categories, but we just have to keep improving because we've been up double digits now uh, two games in a row, and we have to finish these games. Right, and that's that, that'll be the key for you. How, how do you finish the games? Because if you're in a position to be up, 10 to 10 to 16 whatever it happens to be you're good enough to finish the game i mean i'm sure you've told your team that a thousand times yeah yeah i mean and that just comes down to a little bit of experience um and what i mean by experience when it comes to winning a game when you're up by double digits um a two-point shot only counts as two points right when you have been in that moment enough your, you know, your your poise, your approach allows you to think a two pointer is a two pointer. <laughs> but if right. you haven't been in experience, if you haven't been in that situation a lot, two pointers can feel like six pointers, like emotionally. Oh yeah, they can get the crowd going a little bit, yeah. and it can create a little bit of of disruption on the offensive end. And you don't want too many of those type of sequences, so you have to limit those sequences and still stay while still staying aggressive. Uh, be smart with the basketball, and then you have to defend. Something that I, I've noticed over the long time of doing this is sometimes the team will get a lead, and you'll have a couple of guys out there with the lead that will take a couple of, like, hey, I'm going to take this shot. Like, it, like, just play the game. right? Yeah. To me, that's the maturity part right there where it comes into play. Like, no, 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 just run the offense. There's a reason why John designed the play. Run it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and um, I would say that in today's age of basketball, leads are never safe. That's right. You see it so often, and a big reason 
for them never being safe is, quite frankly, the shot clock, the length of possessions of all shortened, the style of play has changed. All it takes is four possessions to hit four threes, and it's a yep. 12-0 run. Yep. And that 18-point lead is now down to six. So, you know, there is definitely a, a growth and a learning curve to staying in the, you know, staying in the, ahead by double digits when you're up double digits in the second half. At the same time, uh, what what you see around college basketball, you see it in the NBA actually pretty frequently. Leads are never safe. Teams never quit. And the three-point line and the pace of play has changed that way in which we've all known of like the flex offense, 35 seconds on the shot clock, and just yeah. winning by running down the clock. Yeah. Yeah, that was I saw Bruce Parkhill run that flex late game over and over and over again uh, when he was here at Penn State, which then brings up your next game, Ed DeCellis and Navy coming in. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the just the general feel you have for Ed's teams this year? No, I mean they're just they're <clears throat> typical Navy basketball is very physical, fearless, and competitive, and his team mirrors the mission of the Naval Academy. Right. Uh, they play very hard. Um, they run a lot of different sets to, cre- to to find advantages for their better players, which can be really challenging to prepare for. And, you know, he's been coaching for such a long time. You can just see his teams are very well organized, very well prepared, and offensively they have a purpose. And yeah. uh, those are really hard teams to play against. Uh, they have uh, done a nice job, and they're four and two. They've won two in a row, and they just beat Army in a huge Navy Army game. So uh, it'll be a tough challenge for us. Oh no, no question. I'm, I'm, the, the late Walter Barr used to say whenever Penn State played a service academy, he said, "Steve, they're preparing for something else compared to what we're preparing our people for." Uh, this will be at Soika. Yep, Soika. Wednesday night, yep. 7 o'clock. Yep. John, good luck, and thanks so much for yeah, the thanks. time again today. Always so yeah, thoughtful. No appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. John Griffin, the head coach of the Bucknell basketball team. They've got Navy at Soika on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. We will come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK.